time with God every day, every day, every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. It's interesting when you look at Jesus. Jesus uh, spent the first 30 years, in a sense, training before we ever see ministry. Undoubtedly, the rebuttal comes back. Well, in Luke 2.52, as a 12-year-old, he's in the temple, which is true. And we have a little window where it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man, as he's starting as a 12-year-old. So we do have that. But by and large, the first 30 years of Jesus' life, it's intriguing that mostly we have very little. It's Jesus, for the most part, if we were to take those 30 years, that's really what we have, where he is growing in wisdom, uh, which is Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, growing in stature. So we'll just leave that one undone. Favor with God, favor with man. All right? So Jesus then, he's got, we've got 30 years right there where... Or realistically, before we ever see Jesus doing great miracles like the wedding at Cana, which is interesting. My five-year-old, uh, he stood up to preach last night, and he started preaching about Jesus turning the water into wine. And then he went on to say that that's his favorite story, uh, which is a little scary for me since he's five. But we're working on that. Sometimes we do family preaching. That's what our hobby is. And, uh, and uh, so anyway, so what we find in Jesus then is... 30, for 30 years, we find, uh, we find that Jesus is growing. He's growing in favor with God. He's growing in wisdom. He's, in a sense, training. And then what's interesting is that even then when Jesus begins his ministry, when he's going to start, you know, here he is, the God-man, and he's going to start ministry. At the very beginning, we find in, in Matthew chapter 3, you know the story, it's famous, where Jesus is baptized the Father audibly declares from heaven in verse 17 that this is my Son whom I love. And then Matthew 4 verse 1, it talks about how Jesus goes into the wilderness. And so as he begins his ministry then, he's already, we've got 30 years already. Now he's going to go into a ministry time. And he goes for 40 days to pray and fast, which is, he's by himself. And he goes into this form, if you will, of training by himself. That's interesting. It's just him and the Father. And not only that, so first you have the first 30 years, and then you have the 40 days of prayer and fasting prior to his actual ministry beginning, public ministry, that is. But then what we find is we find Jesus' lifestyle, even in the midst of ministry, is one that has a bent toward getting, uh, getting alone with his Father. So I want to read some of these verses for you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 says, After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, all right? So, first 30 years, he's literally training in secret. He don't, we, we don't have stories of Jesus coming out and healing, you know, and doing all this stuff as a 10-year-old or as a 20-year-old. We have him, for the most part, in private, all right? Then, Mark chapter 1, listen to this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. All right, Luke 4, 42. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. 
The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving there, them. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often, say often. That was weak. Let's try often. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6, 12. One of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So what we find is Jesus getting alone with his father. He spends the first 30 years, if you will, training in secret. He spends the first 40 days before he ever even begins ministry preparing, if you will, training in secret. And then, even when we look at his ministry, he is often getting alone with his father. He's sneaking off, going to pray, going to connect with his father. And so, when Jesus faces difficulty, when Jesus faces the moment, and we could talk through many, maybe when the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the teachers in the law come and hurl questions at him, trying to get him to mess up or misstep, Jesus has inner strength, he has clarity in order in that moment to declare the will of God, in order to declare the word of God, in order to baffle them, if you, with, if you will, with wisdom. But not only that, when, say, Pilate in John 19 comes to him and says, all right, don't you realize I have the power to have you crucified? And Jesus says the famous statement that you know well, you would have no power over me unless it were given to you from my father, right? He's got this inner strength. He's got these hours and hours, yea, years and years of being alone with his father, of knowing who he is, so that in those moments he has what I'm going to call tonight interior strength. He has, he knows who he is. He's communed with his father. So when it's time then, even in the garden, even in the garden where he says to his father, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass. And yet the answer is no, you are going to go be the sacrificial lamb for the sake of humanity. You, literally, Jesus is going to be whipped. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be placed on a cross. And Jesus says, all right, I'll go. So he's got all of these years, these these seasons of prayer and fasting, these moments of getting alone with his Father, so that in those moments, what tonight I'm going to call those epic moments, where what you are on the inside is on display, in those moments, he's granted, he's gotten enough strength that he, obviously, we know he's Jesus, he's perfect, and he goes through with the will of God. And you and I, we pray these prayers over and over again. We pray that we would be transformed into the image of Christ, right? We pray that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We sing songs like, I want to pray what you pray. I want to say what you say. I want to sing what you sing. I want to whatever it all is. Dance what you dance. Hey, 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 I say hey, that song, all right? All right, we say all that, all right? All right, and what we're saying when we do this is a lot of, we're, we're saying to, to Jesus, I want that, what's inside of you, the, the heart that existed in Jesus. I want my broken heart to become like that. I want to be transformed into the image of Christ so that I respond like you respond. So that I have, if you will, an, a heart like Christ, an interior strength. And if we look at the real world that we live in, we live in a, a spiritual battle. And so a lot of times we take language like from Ephesians 6, or we take language about, uh, about being in a war, right? But this whole time when we talk about a battle, or we talk about being in a war, 
the way that we fight, don't picture, you know, we're soldiers for Christ or we're warriors. Don't picture swords and shields and spears, right? All right? We know that. What we're actually saying is, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a war zone. The way that I demonstrate that I'm being transformed like Christ is that I act like Jesus in each circumstance. So when you're saying, when the men are saying, I want to be a warrior for Christ, we're not talking like some form of, you know, militant, you know, I got, you know, some kind of like, you know, I'm like Goliath for Jesus, all right? Well, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is actually the way that Jesus lived is the way that I want to live, and that's the way that you bring light to a broken world. That's the way that you beat back darkness. That's the way that you defeat the enemy. That's the way that you exalt Jesus. But the interesting thing is, is it's very much an internal transformation that's necessary. And a lot of times what we, what we think is, I, gotta, I, I, I want to perform different. I want, I want a behavioral difference. Tonight, I want to talk about if there's the transformation of the heart, how to get a, transform, a transformed heart that out of the overflow of that, the behavior looks like Christ. Because if there's what I'm calling tonight, this interior strength, this heart that looks like Christ, then in any moment, in any situation, you and I get the privilege of responding like Jesus. So uh, I, I like the way Paul says it. Paul, Paul talks about having a spirit of might in his inner man. He makes that a prayer. I'd encourage you in the prayer meeting, start to pray that. God, I pray for a spirit of might in my inner man. All right? I want an inner man or an interior might, an interior strength. I want the strength to, like Jesus, in the face of difficulty, in the face of persecution, in the face of mockery, in the face of being whipped and scourged, in the face of uh, people trying to trick me or, or betray me, I want to respond like, I want an internal strength. I want a spirit of might in my inner man. And so your heart, like you responding that way, that is who you are in your essence. So far more than your body, all right, which is decaying and getting old, all right? It's like a tent. It's going to be it's going to be gone one day. What really matters is this transformation of the heart. What really matters is what's going on in your heart and you being transformed. You starting to walk like Jesus, be like Jesus, talk like Jesus, the song that we sang. Because even when you look at Judgment Day, that is, in a sense, the great unveiling, if you will. That's the great moment where all of a sudden, it's not, it's not about, see, that, you know, when we, when, we listen to, when we listen to Jesus, Jesus talks so much about uh, the heart. When we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, over and over again, it's not about, it's not about keeping the law. It's, man, we, because of who Jesus is in us, we're like, I mean, beyond law, it's motive of heart, right? And so we find all, all kinds of different people from different cultures, people trying to live by law, but there's going to be a great day where there will be a great unveiling. Say unveiling. And that unveiling, that unveiling, all that that unveiling really is, is where everything that was in your heart is suddenly visible. God sees it now. We, we don't see it. Right now, I can't see all that's in Austin heart, Austin's heart. I see Austin, what he does, right? And so you and I know what it's like to slowly stop, stop living from our heart and start performing in order to please because that's the world in which we live in today. 
But on the great day, we'll call it the judgment day, or the day where literally Christians are judged. It's called the Bama Seat, where we stand before Christ, where we stand before Jesus, and we're judged. On that day, there's the great unveiling, and all of a sudden, just your heart, apart from circumstance, apart from culture, apart from you trying to perform to keep the law, it's all about what took place in your heart. Did your heart look like Jesus? Were you transformed into the image of Christ? And so that's really the big epic moment. That's really the day where all of a sudden, it's big, it matters, it's important. So we don't find, we don't find Jesus or Paul, we don't find anybody saying, hey, on the, that there's going to be a day where there's going to be the unveiling of what your body looked like, right? And if you had white teeth and smiled big and your hair, what your hair looked like, you know, and if you had big muscles, or if you were tall, or if you were short, or that, 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 that has no measure of worth in eternity, all right? It, 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 you won't be measured based upon the wealth that you gained. You, you will be, me- in fact, you won't even be measured by the, the ministry size according to how man counts. All right? Your heart is what matters on that day. And that's, there's going to be a day where that's unveiled. Where right now we can't see that, right? Right now it's not clear to us. But on that day, there's going to be, there's going to be a day where that's seen, where that's where we're all going to, where, where you are going to see it, God's going to see it, and that day, it's, it's really going to matter. And, and here's the thing, most of us think only in terms, only in terms of the, that great unveiling. But as your heart transforms to look like Jesus, here's the interesting thing. There are little unveilings going on right now. Right now, and even in this life, we start to see a little bit of unveiling based upon your action based upon if you have interior strength or not. If you have what I'm going to call tonight trained in secret. If you know God in the secret place. So you, you have been called. We're going to go. Where we're going tonight is Matthew 6. Where Jesus talks about praying in secret, fasting in secret, and giving to the poor in secret. All right? Because what you do in secret is what you really are. Not when, when no one else is looking. All right? That's who you really are. But if, if you have this interior strength where you are spending time with God and starting to define your life based upon Jesus and having heart transformation like Jesus, then circumstances that come your way, circumstances that come your way are the moments, are the moments where you get to unveil Christ, if you will. Where you get to unveil what it looks like to be a Christ follower, okay? So here's what I mean. If you look, if you look at many people today, and I'm not trying to be critical, I just, uh, this is one of the things I've watched. Many people today, when negative circumstance takes place in their life, many are angry at God. How could a good God allow a bad thing to happen to me, all right? So some communicate that way, some say it in more casual approach, all right? Many people sit on the sideline and don't do radical Christianity because something negative has taken place to them. Someone hurt them. Uh, someone misled them. Uh, they didn't get the money somehow. Um, someone hurt them, whatever. There's many, 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 many people that, that the, the moment, uh, the casualty, is the reason why they're on the sideline. And you and I know that sideline Christianity isn't Christianity, right? We know that. 
okay? So, so here's, here's the intriguing thing. When we look at church history, when we look at New Testament, when we look at Old Testament, the people that have interior strength, the people who have time alone with God and a reality with God, the, 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 the darkest moments actually become the moments where they display Christ, all right? So if you take a guy like Joseph, all right? Bad day when your brothers throw you into a pit, all right? Bad day when suddenly you go to Potiphar's house and his wife accuses you of approaching her and you didn't do it. Worst day when you're falsely accused and you go to prison. Are you with me? In each scenario, though, it's the great unveiling of what's inside of Joseph. Are you with me? When you're thrown into the pit, the temptation to say, Oh God, you hosed me. What's the deal? I had the dreams. I had the promises. And look what these guys did to me. Or, hey, I was faithful in the house serving Potiphar and this happened to me. What's the Accusation and anger and rage. Or, in the prison, miserable in Egypt, and you've got the dreams from your youth about how I'm going to do great things for God. So easy to be persuaded to go your own way, to be develop anger and rage. But the heart that is transformed, the heart that's looking, that's got, that's looking to God, that has this interior strength in secret, I'm about God. I find my identity in God. I'm going to be a man of prayer. I'm going to seek God. Then those moments actually don't, th- those moments become the opportunity for a, a, a guy named Joseph to unveil God. So that then, when he stands in the palace, right? He stands in the palace. I can always remember that because I heard one preacher do four Ps, you know, pit, Potiphar, prison, palace. That's what I remember. So, when he's in the palace, right, there's another great moment where what's really in his heart, what's really inside of him, he gets to unveil. And he says to his brothers, he's like, dudes, you're not going to believe this, but I'm your brother Joseph. And all of a sudden, this is who I, I am, and I want my dad to know. Go get Jacob. Go get him. You need to know this is who I am. And those moments along the way could have been the unveiling of if, if, if there's a heart transformation, if it's mostly selfish, then those are the devastating blows that keep you from your destiny, that keep you from God. But if you have a heart, if you have a heart that goes, you know what? I'm going to have an interior strength. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. Then those moments become the moments, the, the, the trophies, if you will, that give glory to God. And they become actually your prize. They become your all. They become, they become what mark you as a faithful follower of Christ, a faithful follower of God. I mean, you can go all throughout the Bible. I, I think of like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's the same idea. All right? We know that these are men that are praying, that are seeking God. They're men of, uh, in, in, in the book of Daniel, it says that they pray and they fast. So when the moment to unveil, who are you really? Will you bow down or not? Many, many bow down and go, man, good riddance, unfortunate for me, but I need to save face. But in that moment, you... They, what's unveiled is, no, this is who we are. And in this moment, we have an interior strength. Do what you want to do with us, but we won't bow down. It's the story of Daniel. Daniel 
long before Daniel was the famous guy that got thrown in a lion's den and became the Sunday school songs, long before he was the guy that, you know, we made veggie tales about, long before he was the guy that there was a hymn, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, you know, long before, you, you know, incredibly handsome young men of God were named after him in America, all right? Long, long before that, Daniel was just a man that prayed. Daniel was known for being a man who prayed three times a day. The, the reason why, don't forget, the reason he, why he goes into a lion's den is because he says, even in the midst of a declaration from the boss, when he says, stop praying, I'm not going to stop praying. And there's an interior strength that says, listen, do what you will, but this is who I am. I have inside of me a heart that's being transformed by God. And so in what could have been the darkest moment of, oh, what, how could this happen to me? That becomes the moment where what's inside of Daniel is suddenly on display. It's an unveiling. It's a, wait a minute. This is who he is. Same with David. David is the great worshiper on the hillside. And the story with Goliath, the story with Goliath is simply because David's the worshiper that has great trust in his God. And he is in his private life, in his secret life, when nobody else is around. When nobody else is around, he has victory over lions and tigers and bears, right? And that's why David, in the midst of, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? I'll take him. Who is this guy who thinks that he can defame the name of Jehovah? So in the moment where Israel is being pushed back, all of a sudden there's an interior strength in the worshiper on the hillside. All right? So, what could be a dark day, because, wow, we're getting persecuted, becomes his greatest moment. Are you with me? And David then, as you know, is the one that goes and takes on Goliath and kills him. So, as you train in secret, as you spend time alone with God, as you spend time in prayer, those macaroni and cheese days... Those boring days, those hard days, those days where you're not preaching to the nations, where the great, you know, woman of God that you've prayed for, that there's like, you know, a permanent light behind her with wind in her hair, and she's singing, ah, and she's the woman of God you've dreamed of. She's not here yet. You're still waiting for her to arrive. In the moments where it's just, <laughs> where it's just you by yourself, and you're trying to fast, and nobody else is paying attention, and it's and seriously, every single place in town has a dollar menu, and that's all you have, but you've got that dollar, and nobody would ever know, all right? Though these moments, these moments of being age 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, these years when nobody else is looking, when nobody else, it's only you and God that know. Many give up and say, I'm not being made famous for this. I don't have a big ministry that's coming my way. I, don't, I, I need to have the time to dedicate towards something else other than prayer or other than being alone with God or the energy not to fast or the financial resources not to give to the poor because I'm, after all, just a college kid or whatever. These moments where it's just you and God, nobody else is watching, nobody is giving you These are your moments where you're training in secret. These are your moments because you will have difficult days ahead. 
what's inside of your heart on those days will come out. It's going to come out. There will be a bit of an unveiling. There will be a bit, there will be a moment, and we go through moments where, I mean, our hearts are alive, and if something catastrophic were to happen, man, we are alive in God, and we are a lion. We're, I mean, it's awesome, and we, and there are moments where you've just pulled back, and you've allowed fear to creep in. And in those moments, you would be weak. I think of Peter as another example. Peter goes through two of these. One moment where he's filled with fear, and he says, man, I tell you, I don't know this Jesus. And he does again. I tell you to the servant girl, I don't need, man, I don't know him. Or the third time, what? It's unveiling what's going on in his heart. What? Holy smokes, I thought Jesus was going to take over. I thought this was going to look different. And there's, But the good news for us is that it wasn't many days later after Jesus appeared, John 21, the Sea of Tiberias, and he looks at him and says, you know, you're a lover of God, you're a lover of God, come on, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. It's not too long before Acts 2 takes place. And all of a sudden, then there's the moment, and Peter's preached at Pentecost, and he's going, hi, now this is an unveiling. This is who I am. Are you with me? But what comes out in those epic moments, in those... Yea, wonderful moments or difficult moments is based upon what is in here. And one of the things that I've watched as I've done this furnace gig for the last nine years is I have watched some that today are 27 and started at 18. And they have had a difficult circumstance, difficult things. But because they have an interior strength, it's only caused them to grow closer to God rather than be further from God. And other people who faced not even as difficult, but because there wasn't an interior strength, there was rage and disappointment with God and frustration. And how could, how could this go in, in such a bad way? And all of a sudden, they're sidelined because they're ticked. Because they've got, they've got ideas in their head of whether it's theological confusion, whether it's um, uh, you know, spiritual warfare in the sense of how could these horrible things happen. And all of it is not based upon, it is not based upon what actually happened. It's based upon what's in your heart. It's based upon, do you have, do you have an interior strength? Is your heart alive? Is your heart transformed to look like Christ? Is your heart like Jesus? Are you slowly being transformed to where you want to say what you say, where you go, I'll go, what you pray, I'll pray, what you sing, I'll sing, what you heal, I'll heal, or whatever it goes. You know, that, all right? That inside of you. So there's, the, the fun thing is, is that we're, we as, as Christians, Christ followers, if you're a Christian, raise your hand. I'm just curious. Okay. All right. That's everybody here, all right? Except for a couple ticked off kids on the front row. All right. I'll just stand in front of you. All right. I'm just kidding. All right. Where this thing's going Revelation 21, 9, you want to talk about an unveiling? There's a moment <laughs> where the angel actually says to John, come, let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Let me show you. Oh, th- there's going to be a fantastic unveiling of you, of us as the corporate church, of the corporate bride. All right? And your privilege is to unveil Christ, not just on that day, but on this one. In difficulty. You get to be the image bearer. You get to be the one that has allowed the Holy Spirit 
studying the scriptures, praying, fasting, seeking God, giving to the poor, to transform you so that you literally look different in this age and live different in this age. And you're unveiling, actually, Christ. You're unveiling Jesus now. In my own journey, I've had moments where crisis took place when what what came out of me shocked me of just how it didn't look like Jesus. I mean there's there's been moments where I just I just go, God, I mean I'm I'm like, you know, I'm signed up on the dotted line, I'm going for it, and this is in my heart. And there's other moments, there's other moments, and other moments where there's difficult circumstance where I have felt a supernatural strength where I have felt realistically I know in my head that based upon what's taking place right now this should grip me this should mess me up but I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm ready to charge the hill right now rather than recoil in fear and I know what it is to be on both sides alright and the, the reality is, is that journey, in your journey, if, if you are training the seeker, if you are just a picture, like literally, even like a physical training, if you're, if you're, if you're physically training and you're strong and you, you know, come up against an obstacle and you're strong, you're able to handle it. If you're weak, you're not. Are you with me? So tonight, I want to encourage you to even think of your heart as, as being transformed in the image of Christ, being transformed to look like Jesus, where you're training in secret so that you have a strong interior. You have a spirit of might. You have a heart that looks like, talks like, walks like, responds like, sounds like Jesus. And that's, that's, really, that's really a way of looking at, at our whole journey because that's where all of this ends up anyway. I mean, where this thing goes. And so uh, if, if you haven't trained in secret, if you've put on the religious aura where you kind of pray the prayer that in the last century has become famous and go to church and a part of a community like this, but your heart is weak, then when people praise you, your heart will be inflated. When things go well, your heart will be inflated. Pride. When things go You'll be deflated, be ticked, be angry, be frustrated, you'll be mean, you'll be mad back. But the heart, as we are transformed <clears throat> in the image of Christ, less and less affects your heart. In other words, when, when you are looking like Jesus, walking like Jesus, they can say, make him king! And he goes, let's disappear into the crowd. Right? They can say, crucify him. And he says, your way, Father, whatever it will be. Does that make sense? Crowds don't move him. Persecution doesn't change his mind. All right? And so, as, you, as that happens in your heart, all right, you'll be, tra- you'll be transformed. So if you get the leadership position or if you don't, if the girl says yes or if she says no when you ask her out, you know, whatever it is, you, you're not as swayed, all right? And that was kind of a silly example, but it's the big idea. Those things don't move you. 
All right? You are, you're, you're, you're in the process of being transformed. Let me just read these to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3. And this is Jesus, obviously. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in, what's that word? Let's try it again. Then your Father, who sees what is done in, one more time. Then your, this isn't church, friends, this is a discipleship program, all right? So, you know, buckle up and here we go. Then your Father, who sees what is done in, good, will reward you, all right? So, what's done in secret. And so, I want to encourage you, what, this, this could look like many things in our day, all right? Uh, there, there are some of you that in this community, man, you see this alive in their heart, and they're wanting to fight um, abortion, or they're wanting to fight uh, sex trafficking, or they're wanting to fight poverty, or they're, does that make sense? But it's the lesser, all right? And, but here's the thing, here's the thing. There, you get some reward in this life if you kind of raise up the banner and you started the ministry and you're the guy and you're like, hey, I stopped, I started, you know, stopthis.org or whatever. And the big, the big, the big thing is, is that's actually a test for you because all that matters is what's done in secret. Which is, and that's actually really scary for people that are in full-time ministry, just to be blunt. Because people in full-time ministry, and I know many of you are, are, are want to go into full-time ministry, you're, you're, you're always, you know, working, and it's so easy to just be tempted to just market everything you do. Just market, market, you know, and have everybody know so everybody jumps on board. And then there's moments when you're praying this and you're going, holy smokes, every... You know, prayer, giving, fast is public. Oh, God, help. <laughs> I want reward one day. All right? So, Matthew 6, 6. Let's try this one. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in... What's that word? Secret. What's done in secret will reward you. All right? So, the idea here is not uh, the uh, absence of public prayer meetings. It is the addition of private prayer. It is, we are demanded to come together to unite in prayer. That's a part of what the scriptures tell us to do. So Jesus isn't saying, pull back from that in order to go into the closet. What he's saying is, you need to be praying in secret and crying out with the body of believers. All right? Matthew six eighteen. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here's what's going on. If you have a strong interior spiritual life going on that nobody else knows about, all right? Not advertising it. You're not making a big deal of it. Then when you suddenly face on these difficult days, you'll be surprised at your own strength. If you're a man that's praying and fasting and giving, and studying the scriptures, and you've got the Bible alive in your heart, all right, and you're praying, and it's in private, and it's you and Jesus, and you face a tragedy, or you face rejection, or you face something like that, if that's alive in your heart, you will be shocked. You will be surprised. You'll kind of like do a look at yourself going, I had no idea I was this strong. It's like the moment on Karate Kid where he like trains in secret. You know what I'm talking about? 
You know what I'm talking about? He's just little Daniel LaRusso. He's the little, he's just the little guy, right? He's the little guy. He's getting beat up. And Mr. Miyagi goes and he's just training, you know, in secret. Remember, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, the whole gig. Remember the moment where he, he comes to the karate tournament for the first time and he's about, he's, he, and he fights a guy and he looks at his girlfriend like, I'm good. You remember that moment where he's like shocked and he's like, uh, you know, and yeah, you know, that whole thing. It's like, no way, wait a minute. I, I, I had no idea. That, that same reality happens to your heart when you have done kind of the heart calisthenics, if you will. When you have spent time with Jesus and you've, got a, a, and you've developed a prayer life, you've developed a fasting life, the scriptures are bubbling out of you. Then in the midst of difficulty, the midst of tragedy, I mean, it, I, I've watched it. I've watched people that, 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 that they face tragedy, something like, you know, really bad happens. They have a buoyant spirit. They're alive on the inside. They're praying. They're fasting. They're working. And you seriously, you look at them and you're like, you know, knocking on their forehead like McFly, like, do you have any clue how bad this is? And, and you're not sure if they're just dumb and they don't really get how bad this really is. But it's, it's, not, the, it's not the absence of intellect. It's the presence of faith. It's the presence of a supernatural worldview that says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But as for me, I trust in God. I trust in the Lord. And you'll find that, all right? It's that big, it's that big idea midst of the disaster, in the midst of the hardship, in the midst of the financial crisis, in the midst of the parents getting divorced, in the midst of whatever is the thing, if you have a dream, secret, if you are a woman, a man that prays, fasts, that gives, what happens is, all of a sudden, you're not possessing your time, you know, like, uh, like, like the American things, like, you know, you got to have so much fun, you got to have so much pleasure to have the good life. You're already one of the knuckleheads that spends your evenings at the prayer meeting, right? If you're the person that fasts, you have died to your physical body over and over and over again. And you've taught yourself how not to live and not to define life based upon worldly pleasure. If you have given to the poor secret, not public, hey everybody pat me on the back, but I mean nobody knows nobody knows, that means you have already broken the heart tie to earthly mammon you've already broken it towards towards money pick your tragedy, if those things hold nothing on you you can walk through whatever difficulty and you'll be shocked, you'll be shocked how there will be the absence of fear there will be the presence of trust there will be a focus on Jesus, and you'll go, like, dude, like, I'm really good, you know, like, check me out. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm walking through this difficulty right now. And if you'd have told me two years ago, if you'd have told me two years ago that I would go through this, I would think, surely I'd be devastated. But no. All right? And you'll grow. You'll become stronger, stronger, stronger. Some of you are experiencing it to a little degree right now. Some of you are by yourself in the prayer room over there enjoying it and going no way i am in a room by myself with a bible a candle and a cd praying and i like it this is a far cry from my junior year of high school right some of you have experienced that some of you are experiencing wait a minute wait a minute i am i am all of a sudden morphing where i want my future to go not based upon 
not, not, not based upon my dreams, my success, everybody rewarding me, me having money, but Jesus and his kingdom being established on the earth, and I'm picking my education based upon that. And to a small degree, you're going, really? And it's fun because sometimes I've talked to, you know, men that are, you know, 40, 50 years older than God, and in, in all humility, they have accomplished, you know, great things for the kingdom. And they look at you and they just go, I have no idea why, how God did this. And I mean, I'm just the bozo in high school that said yes. You know, it's Paul at the end of his life, First Timothy, he's just kind of going, you know, I'm the weakest, biggest sinner of all. And yay, God used me. Are you with me? So here's the big idea, friends. If you'll train in secret, if you'll train in secret, I mean, you know, you know how when you're in a relationship, um, Austin doesn't know, but some of you do. Uh, just kidding. All right. So you know, all right. You know how you know how there's there's. I make fun of those I love. All right. So uh, there's like okay, let's use these two. Okay, these two are married. All right. So it's a lot easier example. All right. There's dynamics going on, like you know, like when Dan Perkins gave you know Amy now Perkins uh, the first card, you know. When he, I don't know, when he first winked at her, when you could start to tell that, oh, I like it, you know, maybe there's a story, maybe the, and, and you know what, it's just their story, it's just, there's just things that they know, there's little, there's little, there's just little jokes, there's just, there's just the fact that they have an OU and a Texas bumper sticker on the one car, you know, and, and all that, there's all these different things, right, and, and there's, but there's things that we don't know that's just, and that's just them, right, and if you will, that creates some relational merit, some dynamics that's just for them, all right? Makes it strong, all right? Here's the deal. When you have given to the poor and only you and Jesus know, when you have secretly taken your Red Robin, you know, tips and used it for, you know, I don't know, whatever, orphan homes or whatever the thing is, there, there's a strength as you walk through your journey where you go, I'm slowly dying to the American gig. I'm slowly dying to the to the earthly way. I'm choosing a kingdom reality. And slowly over time, I'm doing like heart calisthenics. I'm making myself ready. And be it good days where you're praised and it doesn't move you. Or be it bad days and you're rejected and it doesn't move you. You have a heart that looks like Jesus. And though they say, make you king and you're awesome. And you're like... Or though they say, crucify him, ticked, don't like this guy, you are, Father, your way, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, all right? If that transformation of your heart, if that takes place, if you do this, you'll find in your life over and over again an unveiling of, holy smokes, God's doing something in me. I'm a different person. I, whoa, all right? That's what we want. And then there's the little unveilings now. And that's literally unveiling who Christ is, Christ in you. And know that where it's going is the, is the final day where there's a great unveiling, where it is. You and I, Ephesians 5 says, spotless, radiant, holy, and beautiful, standing before Jesus forever. Ready now. Ready now.
You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.